Hey there, this is Therese Skelly, and I am so excited that you are going to be listening to an episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. Do you like those two words? Fiercely Brilliant. My hypothesis is that you are here for a reason. We all are. Our souls have led us on journeys that have very often taken some twists and turns, and sometimes it's not pretty. Sometimes there's struggle, and there's loss, and there's challenge, and in the middle of that, there's always the way out. And it's those times that often lead us into our great life and work. So you're going to hear stories in these episodes of myself and other beautiful people that share the journey. They share how they got to the place where they're standing, working in their brilliance and being the powerful leaders that they are. So stay tuned and enjoy this episode. This is Therese Skelly of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast, and oh, you're going to really like today's guest. This is Kim Curtis, and wow, all things money for women. You're, you're going to really enjoy my guest today and her not only her wisdom and her brilliance, but her story. Like She's got a wonderful story that really shows what's possible. So Kim Curtis, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Me too. So tell us today what you do and what you love about it. Mm-hmm. Whew, as a woman in finance, right? How crazy is that? <laughs> um, but I think that is the unique piece of what I do. To be able to bring that intersection of money and life and make it accessible mm-hmm. and achievable is, I think, my secret sauce. Because money is not the quantitative side of terms of what we think it is as yeah, it relates to yeah. investing and and all that kind of stuff. I, I think that we need to blend them both. And you know it's it's interesting that you say that because I think there are two sides of money, two laws of money. Let's say laws of okay, money. Okay. Wow. Go. We have the we have the human made laws, which is what okay. I do every day. That's the financial planning, the investments, the retirement planning, the protection planning, the natural laws of mm-hmm. money. Are the giving and receiving, the ebb and flow, Mm -hmm. uh, the supply and demand. It's all those things that that we inherently know. And if we could bridge that and know that there's two laws and you can have all the money in the world and have an awful life. Right. Or you could understand the natural laws and not have any money. So how can you have both and thrive? Mm -hmm. And that's what I love is when I see that connection because because I was my own shit show back yeah, in the day in my twenties. Talk about that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the twenties, so so to know that if I can do it, other people have access yeah. and that they can actually turn the corner and actually lead with money, and instead of having it control them, Oof. that is what gives me okay. immense joy. I'm, I'm strapping <laughs> my seatbelt on. Okay, I just want to clarify because we had, you know, mm-hmm. with all my guests, I have like a pre-call and we get to know each other a little yeah, bit, yeah. and I remember. I remember when you were talking about the way you worked, because we all know what a financial planner is, but how do you work differently? Because you're talking about the laws, which are a little bit esoteric. Mm. So talk about, because you bring us, I was like, there are people that do this? Wait, what? Financial planners? Mm. So just talk about how it looks different in your world. Yeah. Thank you, Teresa. Um, I think the best way to describe it is we often, when we think of a pyramid, Think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. But if you switch that and tie it to money, people often come to a firm like mine or others Mm -hmm. because they need to have their money managed. So they have enough money that they want to make sure that they don't lose it. 
That's the bottom of that pyramid. Mm -hmm. Above that is achievement of goals. So if you have money, but okay, you got to tie it to goals. Otherwise, it's playing archery without a bullseye. <laughs> you have no idea what your objective is other right. than a rate of return number that goes up and down. So you need to have it connected to a financial plan. That's the next. Mm -hmm. And above that is lifestyle. Mm. Money is supposed to give you the ideal life and perfect calendar that you deserve. And instead, it's frenetic and it's chaotic and it swirls around us instead of being our foundation down below. So wow. if we could tie together, put it as a foundation so that we could focus on lifestyle, which ultimately then is peace of mind because mm -hmm. right. you've managed the other two, they're all below now. So now you have peace of mind mm -hmm. where you have the space to actually breathe, to think wow. pinnacle of that pyramid impact, peace of mind to breathe, to go, who wow. am I? What am I all about? And what do I want to make sure I do before I leave this planet? That impact yeah. And having the space to get there is yeah. a gift. And I think that's what we do really well. And that allows us and our people that we work with women and, and their mates to just thrive. <sighs> oh, that just makes my, my heart happy. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too. Because I remember when I heard that, I'm like, holy shit, woman. Wait, 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 wait. I don't hear people talking like this in the financial plan. And maybe there are some, but mm -hmm. I just wanted to punctuate the soulfulness to your method, the way you do it, that isn't just like the tangible, transactionable kind mm -hmm. of thing. There's a soulfulness and about impact, which we love here in the fiercely brilliant world. Okay. That's right. Tell us your story. Cause it's pretty like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So I, I think I'll only take my story back a little bit. Um, well, no, I will take it back. So when I was a teenager, my parents got divorced mm -hmm. and my mom had no skills to have three teenage girls. I was the middle of three, 16, 14, and 12. Um, and so she applied for and received government assisted lunch. So mm -hmm. I used to get this little red ticket that I would have to pass to the cashier in the lunch line every single day that signified for me, yeah. shame, absolutely unworthiness, right, right, not enough that my mom couldn't afford lunch. Um, wow. And that baggage of you think five days a week, I would oh. go actually to the furthest line, you know, oh, and, and I would be as I got close to the cashier, I'd look behind me to see if yeah. I had any friends that knew me, as I kind of discreetly, I would hold, have it under my plate, and I would kind of yeah. discreetly give it to her. So that was kind of this shame that built up um, but my mom had one thing and she was with three daughters is to make sure you go to school to get your education mm -hmm. because remember she didn't, she didn't right. and then divorced 20 years later in her marriage. So she had nothing. And so that was very important as a value to my mother to get your education. Mm -hmm. So I went to school undergrad and then law school, mm -hmm. which brought me to Denver, Colorado, where I am today. And I defaulted on my school loans. I had no, who was I to think <laughs> that I could do this, right? I had no oh, concept. No skill, no understanding. No skill. Oh. And I didn't think I would ever, <clears throat> ever, ever pay those loans off. In today's dollars, it's probably about 90000 That's how bad it was back at, then. At that age. And you yeah. were how old? You know, you were like, yeah, 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 22, 23. Mm. And what happened? I love this story. And I'm so glad you're asking me because yeah. it took me a while to recognize that this tied to my story yeah. is I had an anonymous person put a thousand dollars on my school loan and the mm -hmm. bill came in and I saw that it was 
less, not more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I even noticed in itself right. you were was remarkable because I had my head in the sand, <laughs> like most of us do when yes, we're not yeah. conscious about money. And that act of love, that act of service, again, caused me to pause, to go, wow, who would do that? Yeah. And why are they expressing love that I'm not giving myself? <sighs> yeah. Wow. And that was the start of, of course, it didn't happen overnight, Certainly. but that was the start of me being more conscious about how I wanted to show up around mm-hmm. money. It was a decade later before I ended up in finance. It's okay, Um, yeah. But yeah, that was the start. Oh, and let's just dissect some of that. First of Mm -hmm. all, did y'all feel that little child at the lunch line? Like I could cry. Like just, and the shame of that. It's one thing if your parents struggle, but the the, the flashlight on, oh, that kid's a poor kid. You know what I mean? Like the internalized shame. It's remarkable to me, Kim, that you you got out from that because a lot of, children or women that are socialized with that have such low self images and their sense of deservability is such that they set themselves up to be perpetuating the cycle that your mother did. Mm. And so God bless your mother. Right? So part one, part two, she could build a dream in you. She couldn't do it for herself. But so as a parent, look at that, right? Like it's never like, think about the dreams you're building in your children. You want to say anything about those two? Because I got a part three. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, of course. I, I have young adults right now, uh, children. I have a daughter who's 24 and a son who's 21. And to watch them adult <laughs> yes, yes, yes. is so remarkable because each generation is a product of the generation before. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about what you just shared about my mom and what I have been able to share mm-hmm. with my two children, is I is again I said a gift before because in essence that story of for me and where I am today was a gift because of where I am today. 100 percent Yeah. And so to watch the next generation navigate that and hope that it's for the better mm-hmm. and, and not for the worse, because there is a there is a proverb that says uh, shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves in three generations or any, it's any culture, a clogs to clogs, rice patty to rice patty, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that there's a entrepreneur with a great idea, big idea, big yeah. vision, creates the wealth, passes it to that next gen. They end up joining the opera board or whatever. Yeah. And by the third and move to the city. Yeah. And by the third generation, the family is fractured and the money is gone. Wow. So, there's enormous, uh, wow. enormous uh, stewardship that one must have to be successful about mm-hmm. wealth through generations. Mm, that's a whole other conversation. I, I, <laughs> I, that, that, that's, well, and because I think the world in terms of the epigenetics, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like what the inherited messages about money were. So anyway, I don't, I, we, we don't go down that road. Okay. Um, hello. But we could. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'll have you come back. Well, that's another podcast. <laughs> um, you know, if there's ever a doubt that there is a God or divine order, just the story where somebody gifted a thousand dollars. I'm gonna crack. <laughs> mm. Like somebody, somebody was somebody got the intuitive hit to do that and they acted on it. And that one gift of love changed the trajectory of your life. Because you mm. or you could you could have seen that as 
entitled, like, yeah, bitches, I should have more. <laughs> right. Or you could have seen it as like, no, 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 I can't receive. Or you could have just gone unconscious around it, but you utilized like, imagine, imagine if that person knew where you are to, I kind of wish they would find it. Like, I wish, like, I know it would be really cool to like, see, look what your contribution did. And so that, like, talk about that. Was it hard for you to read? Because what you said is you applied love where previously mm-hmm. there was shame. Mm-hmm. Well, and gosh, this just flows completely into the giving and receiving that we talked about before on the natural law. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 years later, um, I actually tried to, and I ended up finding out who it was. Oh, you did. Okay. I did. Um, it took me several months, but I found out and it was an, a friend that was about 10 or 15 years older than me. Um, and 10 years later, I actually tried to look her up mm-hmm. and I found her and she was still living in Denver. Mm-hmm. Wow. When I went to her house, she was having a yard sale because she was moving two days from there to uh, return to where she grew up, which was Pennsylvania and was selling all of her stuff. And I had in my pocket an envelope with $5,000 in it (laughs) to give her back uh, for interest owed on something that changed my life. I don't usually tell the latter part of that story. That's a really important part though. Okay. How did she receive that? Oh, uh, Obviously, how you already said, she is somebody that is resonant with her inner intuitive nature. And I think she probably put out prayers or energy wherever you come from that talked to me. And I can't believe I heard it. Yeah, I heard it. Yeah. (laughs) And two days later, I would have missed her. Exactly. Oh, my God. So I'm sort of crying right now. So let me just say, I'm so (laughs) touched by this. Hold on a second. Mm. You know, when I, I just have, I'm just, I'm just going to apologize for the stereotype, right? I don't know a lot about financial planners, mm. but I don't think they're as soulful and <laughs> as in tune as you are. And if you are a financial planner, again, deep apologies, hit me up, let me know you're soulful. But Kim, that story is so like, holy shit, it's so aligned, right? Mm, and, thank you. and I love the demonstration of the reciprocity, the giving and the receiving, and it's magnified right? She allowed her $1,000 allowed you a complete change and your $5,000, you're probably in a very different financial position then. Right. Right. You blessed her with tremendous. Wow. Okay. How did you come up with the, the pyramid thing? Cause I'm assuming they don't teach you that in financial planner school. <laughs> no. And I have a legal background too. So I honestly felt neutered a little bit as it relates to my creative side. Yeah. Uh, as it relates, because of my conditioning and training of finance and law. So when I realized in that training that this was just not right, what mm. they were training me yeah. was just not talking to my spirit or my soul yeah. or my yeah. desire. Mm-hmm. And so um, it took me a bit, I would say about 15 years into the business uh, because I had young children at the time mm-hmm. before I created my firm, which is Wealth Legacy Institute. And that firm has now been 15 years that Mm -hmm. I've had it. And it was really to create a firm with, like you said, a firm with soul that puts clients first, not last, because it's hard to understand the nature of my work and why people are so unhappy with the industry of finance and financial Mm -hmm. services is 90% of the people out there giving advice are in sales. They're Mm. not your CPA that is your fiduciary or an attorney. 
Only 10% are, which is what our firm is, one of those 10% yeah. that actually is like your CPA, that, I, yeah. that we actually work for you uh, w- versus working wow. for the house, the brokerage mm-hmm. firm. Mm-hmm. And that's a distinction. So if they work with a brokerage mm-hmm. firm or a bank or others, they work for that institution. Their interests are the institution, not yours. Right. It's kind of like when you go and they want to do their best work. It's just how it's structured. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you go to a grocery store and you see eye level products. Well, those products pay extra to be at your eye level to want to buy them. Yeah. It's the same in financial services, Um, mutual fund families and uh, annuity companies and insurance companies pay extra to have access to those uh, advisors or brokers or whoever uh, that they're more or pay you more to sell that product to the client. And I had to leave that. And once I left, I think everything started to blossom. My creativity unfolded and I was able to actually be me and in alignment. And for women entrepreneurs that are out there that feel out of alignment, stop. That's what I was going to ask you. That was my next question. Um, We're just tag teaming so well. We're like really tracking because we're like, oh, wait, I was going to ask that. Hold on. Yeah. You have been in traditionally male oriented, especially Mm -hmm. with the financial. Well, both are highly regulated. There's not the individuality. You can't be loud and proud and bold and do all the things. So how did you navigate that? And what was it that made you say no? Like, like, I know you referenced it, but talk about the first one. How did you navigate it? And then the second one, how, what made you just say I'm out? Yes. I, I, you know, I think, Therese, that, that we all know when we're out of alignment, we ignore it. Right. Uh, we ignore it for many reasons. I ignored it because I had small children. Sure. But what happens is that your soul gets beat down to a point mm. or there's a more of a compelling reason to pull you out. And my compelling reason, I always thought that I, you know, it's like a push or a pull. What is it? What right. would get you yeah, yeah, to move? Right. Mm-hmm. the fear or the uncertainty. And I'll never forget, it was after the market correction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had the tech bubble and then we had a lot of mutual fund families with bad behavior front running with uh, mm-hmm. uh, Elliot Spitzer back in New York, back in the day. So this is like uh, early 2000s. Okay. And I remember for the first time in the business that I read the back of a client statement that had all the disclosures. And at the time, it was four pages, two little sheets of two pages to one yeah, page. Yeah. So eight pages of tiny, tiny, tiny print. Wow. And as I read it, I'll never forget, you know, a tear came down my face and I realized, oh, remember, this is a legal background. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I am not a fiduciary, like where I put a client's best interest yeah. first. Oh, my gosh. I'm reading all these disclosures. Uh, I truly am in sales. Nothing wrong with that. But that's not what you wanted. No, no. And and Mm. if clients knew that that's what the, that's what the relationship was, I think they would be more understanding of where they fit in instead of just putting their faith into that. Yeah. That that's advice, that that's objective advice. And as soon as I did that, I had to get out of there fast. Wow. And that's when I created Wealth Legacy Institute. I just couldn't be in that anymore. It yeah. was beat you down kind of thing, or I beat myself down. But yeah, that's so sorry good. for that long story. But no, no, that's perfect. It's a, it's a beautiful, it sounds like it violated your values and your sense of purpose for why you were doing it. You know, if you think <laughs> values, it, tell me your values and I'll tell you who you are. Right. 
Isn't that true? So yeah, I would absolutely say yes. So let's let's go back a couple sentences. We both talk about the word alignment. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you're right. You know the, the boiling frog analogy. Especially mm-hmm. with women, we're like, oh, it's not so bad. Or like, especially, oh, we got young kids. Oh, I gotta we tolerate a whole bunch more than we should. So for you, just give a really quick, this is how I know I'm in alignment. And this is what mm-hmm. out of alignment looks like. Cause I, cause I, I really, if you're listening, you gotta get this. You have, there's nothing more important than being in alignment. And it could look good on paper. On paper, you probably looked like woman, you have everything and your soul can be screaming at you or your, or it just, and so let's just, let's just go that really quickly. And then we're going to keep going. So in alignment, out of alignment, what does it look like? Oh, well, well, I would be curious to hear what you say about when you're in alignment, because I think, I think we all, it may be the same for most people, but I'm not sure. Yeah. So when I think of women that I work with and see them in alignment, it's um, easy. Mm -hmm. It's joy filled. Mm -hmm. It's not a struggle. Um, And you, and, and, and again, it's, I'm saying the same words, but it's joy filled. I would say joy filled and easy. Yeah. yeah. Nice. What would you say? I would say there's a flow to it. Mm. It's like, oof, everything is working. Um, there's a purposefulness. Like I'm my best. I can bring my best gifts. It's just like, oh, hell yeah. You're really connected to the universe or God or spirit, whatever you want to call that. For me, my heart is open. The little monkey mind is not going on. It's just like, ah, it's just yummy. It's yummy. That's yes. the word I would use. Yeah. Oh, okay. I love that. And I love flow, mm-hmm. um, which is so true. And and what you just said, purpose-driven. Being purpose-driven and having a kind of strategically planned. When you're purpose-driven, you're planned. Yeah. And that brings that flow and the yumminess mm-hmm. and um building your future. I mean, you're building your future and it's all completely in alignment with, you don't necessarily know the, the, the long-term, but you know, you're listening to what those next steps are. Next step, right. next step, next step. Right. So Kim, you like to leave what you had and then to start, that takes a lot of courage, a lot of chutzpah, a lot of guts, a lot of crazy. Um, <laughs> did, did anybody push back on you? Did anybody, did you have any naysayers? Cause I think that's what stops women. Like we know what we need, we want to move. And then it's like either people talk us out of it or they, you know, gaslight us or so <laughs> how for you, did you navigate that? Remember legal, my <laughs> original background was negotiation, mediation. Oh, yeah. So, so yes, we're surrounded by naysayers. Mm-hmm. We get we go into a boardroom and we get interrupted, yes, and cut off. But I am from New York, so it's harder ah. to interrupt me. <laughs> a New York lawyer, go, ah, go, girl. I love go. it. I love it. Yeah. So, so yes, daily. So what do I? What did I do differently around that? Um, I I believed that I knew I was on mission. And when you're on mission, that gets back to what you described as flow. Yeah. You don't even hear the noise anymore. Nice. Because you're not even looking there. Like you're so differently focused. Yeah. Like if we were to go back to that pyramid, you're so focused on impact Uh that all this noise around you is irrelevant. Mm. That sounds easy. And I don't mean it to be easy because it's not, but it can be once you're focused. Mm -hmm. So I really like to give tangible things. And so 
people listening, if you are in the place of trusting your guidance, you know you have to make a jump, you know this doesn't work right now, the next steps will be revealed. And I love Kim's Kim's point, focus on your big why, focus on the impact, focus on what's going to come later. And you don't might, you don't have to have the whole picture. You just got to trust the knowing, right? So is there any, I also talk about like who you have to become. So there was this Kim that was <laughs> lawyer, financial, and you know, now, mm-hmm. now salesperson Kim. <laughs> you to go yes. to the other version, like, did you have to work on your identity or becoming? Was there anything you had to shift in that? Mm. <laughs> yes. Okay. A consciousness. Um, you have to, I had to shift in my money story, Ooh. my money consciousness. Wow. And, and, um, being, knowing that I wanted to serve others for the greater good, but I didn't quite know what that looked like. Yeah. Uh, and so, like I said, the why was there. So I just kind of took steps, but it, it really was consciousness of being pausing enough mm-hmm. to be able to, and I created a routine in my life. I have a morning routine. Mm-hmm. I started meditation. I had never done that before. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm ADD. I don't know if you've noticed, but I have like huge, like, whoa, like crazy. <laughs> and I have to bring myself in. And so I remember several years ago, many people uh, would tell me, have you, have you done meditation? And yeah. So for me, that really puts me front and center and okay. centered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll just end that with one comment that there's no amount of rate of return that could create an extraordinary life. There's no amount of rate of return. There's no amount of money that can create an extraordinary life. It's up to us. And it's always an inner job, not an outer job. Mic drop. (laughs) I have, I have so loved this show because, you know, your story, like from the beginnings you had to where you were, a lot of people could have said, this is good enough. I got a great job. I'm not blah, blah, blah. And you, and, and this is what I want. I want people to live their fiercely brilliant lives, right? Mm-hmm. And you knew there was more. And not only did you listen, you gave us the path. Because it's great to have the alignment and the ideas, but literally you must change in consciousness who you are. And that's not an overnight job. And we're never mm-hmm. complete. You're a, we, we, we just like, just go, okay, show me the next step. Okay, okay, okay. okay. And so the demonstration in your story is magnificent. So mm-hmm. is there anything Thank else, you. You, as we wrap up, darling, is there anything else you want to say before we go? Yes. So yeah. I actually uh, have two books that I wrote. One is called Money Secrets, Keys to Smart Investing. And that pulls back the curtain on the billion dollar financial services industry <sighs> to reveal why smart people make bad money mistakes. It's mm. a really quick read. It's only about 120 pages of meat. But at the end of each chapter is questions that you should ask your advisor or that they should be asking you. So it, it arms you with the tools that if you're going to interview advisors, that book is your armor to be protected and know and be the lead in uh, that that relationship. The second book is Retirement Secrets, Keys to Retiring Happy, Healthy, and Free. So the first is money. Remember that pyramid money and then then goals, which is lifestyle. And we save and we we try to save all our life for this day of when we step off work. And what do we do after stepping off? That's what this book is. So this book Mm -hmm. takes you to lifestyle. Nice, nice. nice. The free gift is 
it's like a it's a workbook that that is tied to retirement secrets book but you don't need the retirement secrets okay. to work the okay. workbook and it's 92 plus pages and people listeners and viewers can get that at financialliteracypress.com financialliteracypress.com and it okay. is powerful mm, i'm so excited i'm going to get that stuff and we will have those links in the show notes wherever you're listening and watching ah one of my favorite episodes. This is, I just mm, love the soulfulness. Mm. Um, what's next for you? What, what are you working on that's different, new, exciting? Yeah. Oh, I love that question. I, are you familiar with these new immersions that are coming out, like the Van Gogh immersive? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I've done the Van Gogh, yeah. Yes. So I was there with my daughter um, and she was laying down on my lap, looking up at, this, oh. at the thing. And I thought, this is art. It's one artist. And look at all these people that are yeah. different that are here. Imagine if we did that for prosperity. Ooh. Boom. Goosebumps. Yes, 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 yes. I want to do that. I want to, I want to figure out how to okay. do an immersive. You heard it prosperity. here first, right? But watch it because this woman's going to do it. All right, Kim, this has been fabulous. Listeners, I want you to think of two people that need to hear this story. Maybe somebody you know that has money shame. Maybe somebody you know that isn't feeling in the line and wants to pivot, but they just don't know how, or perhaps they haven't seen a role model. We have one. We have two actually, but today was Kim's story. So share this episode, get in touch with Kim, reach out, peace and blessings. And thanks for watching or listening. Bye now. Hey, I really appreciate you listening to that last episode. And I would love to get to know you a little bit more and to get to connect with you on a deeper level. And here's what I suggest. I've got a Facebook group that corresponds with the content of these podcasts. It's called Fiercely Brilliant Women in Business with Therese Skelly. So if you just search Facebook, Fiercely Brilliant with Therese Skelly, you'll find the group. It's a really nice group. It's a small group and I'm super active in it. Each week we have a lot of supportive conversations. I share a lot of resources. I do a lot of coaching on the spot. And I would love to have you join me there. So if you like the vibe of this podcast and you want to hang out with a pretty darn cool community of women, join us at Fiercely Brilliant on Facebook with Therese Scali. Alrighty, peace and blessings. And I hope to see you in the group. Bye now.